0: This week is National Infertility Awareness Week, and it was really important to me that we hold space for and acknowledge the women who are walking this tough, tough road. So my friend Amanda is here with us today to share her story um, and just kind of have a conversation with me about the struggles of walking through an infertility diagnosis and what that looks like and you know how to process that in a way that honors and glorifies God and We also talk about, you know, the divide that can happen between women who are facing infertility and women who are not and how the enemy really likes to use these kinds of things to keep us divided and keep us out of unity um, because it's exactly the opposite of what God's will is for us, which is to be in unity and to bear each other's burdens. Um, We talk about, you know, how God is so faithful to redeem the broken parts of our lives and how, you know, we can glorify god or we can glorify our circumstances but it's it's our decision to choose um and she just really uh points us back to jesus through through hardship through struggle um really points us back to Jesus. And so I'd really encourage you that whether you are facing infertility yourself or you are in community with somebody who is facing infertility, um, lean into today's conversation, lean into what Amanda has to say. Um, Her perspective is so life-giving and she gives so much truth and wisdom in this episode. I walked away from this conversation so much better and I know you will too. So let's dive in. Hey, I'm Jenna, and you're listening to the Joy-Filled Podcast, where our aim is to encourage and equip you to live fully surrendered and full of joy as you walk out your God-given mission. Grab your coffee and let's live joy-filled. Amanda, thank you so much for being on the show today. I am so excited um, just for us to get to hear from you. So Tell us a little about you. What makes you you? Tell us about who you are.
1: <laughs> thank you so much, Jenna. I am so excited to be on the show and share our story. I love listening to your podcast. It's such an oh, encouragement to you. me as I'm a mom of young, young ones, and um I just appreciate oh, you so much. Thank you. So <laughs> You're welcome. A little about me is I grew up in Alberta, Canada and, um, we were right at the base of the mountains. And so I spent my childhood heading out to the mountains, um, going camping and just some incredible memories there. Uh, but I wanted to see a little more and, um, get out of my small town. And so I moved to Virginia beach for college. So that was moving from the West coast to the East coast. And it was quite a culture shock, but I loved my college experience. I'm an independent person. And so I loved getting to start new and meet people and all of that. And, um, Started college a little bit later, and so then I did, you know, the debt free plan. So I was in college <laughs> a little bit longer, and um, I remember just talking to my grandpa grandfather at one point, And I was like, when am I going to meet the man that I'm going to marry? I dated some guys and they just were not the one. And he was like, you are going to meet the man that you marry in your living room. And I was like, are you <laughs> serious? Um, that's not going to happen. I know everyone who comes to my house, not going to happen. And so six or eight months go by and I'm hosting a big Thanksgiving dinner at my house. And a friend of mine calls or te- Calls and he's like, Hey, can I bring my brother? He's gonna be in town for Thanksgiving. I was like, Sure, that's fine. Um, a couple of guys are coming over to watch the game while we make the dinner. If you want to come early, feel free, and then you can help out. He's like, That sounds great. See you there. And as soon as he walked in with his brother, I was like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) he's cute. (laughs) uh, but he was from Dallas, Texas. And I was like, no, thank you. No long distance relationships for me. Like I've done that been there. It's not going to happen. And so he was like, okay, fine. So he moved across the country, stayed with his brother to get to know me. He proposed and we got married the following summer. So it was a quick relationship, but it was such a reminder to me, like how, how God uses the prophetic in our life and just to mm-hmm. sit and wait That's and not so try good. to rush something. And it was such a beautiful thing. Um, once I graduated, he um, we looked for work in DFW and about six months later, we moved to the Dallas area and we love it here. He has family here. And so we get that support as we're raising our family. Um, but as we started to try to grow our family. We, um, ran into issues. And so we were back and forth to the doctor, just getting preliminary tests done and never in a million years thought that we'd have issues, um, growing our family. And that's, um, kind of when our faith was really tested for, you know, it's tested in every season, but this was a new level. And, um, we got a diagnosis after about two and a half years of cry, trying, and um, we found out that we were diagnosed with a male for male factor oh, wow. infertility and that just threw us for a loop. We did not imagine for a million years that there would actually be a problem because we're both reasonably healthy people. And um, I remember that day we went and got um, something to drink at this little cafe. And we just stared at each other. And we're like, I don't even know where to go from here. And my husband said, well, we've always talked about adoption. What if this is like when we start, um, why don't we start researching agencies? And at that time he was really leaning towards international and I was leaning towards domestic. And so we were like, I don't even know where to start. We weren't ready. Um, and so We just kind of dove into the adoption uh, research at that point Um, through that process. I found myself in a really, really dark place, spiritually, emotionally. Um, I wasn't pursuing healthy relationships and getting help processing through the grief and the losses that we were going through um, to be diagnosed with infertility and then to jump into, um, adoption, like adoption doesn't fix infertility, but I had no idea. Um, and so found myself in a really dark place and, um, God moved so many mountains, um, from switching agencies to getting connected with an incredible group of people that really supported us through the infertility process. Um, just processing that emotionally, um, connecting us with an agency and with a birth mama who wanted us to adopt her beautiful daughter. Um, there was just so many incredible God moments in that um, we got to see him move. Uh, so we brought home sweet little girl from New York in 2017 and she was just the light of our life. We're just, I mean, still today, just so in love with her little personality. She has so much <laughs> attitude and such a zesty <laughs> for life. Um, and then a couple of years later, two and a half years later, we brought, um, her biological wow. father home and that, um, again, so many prophetic words leading up to that. We just got to see how God works and his incredible goodness. Um, so now I just spend my days. I work part-time. I work, um, supporting a ministry called I am fruitful that helps people with infertility and um teaching my little daughter at home going on playdates and going to dance class living the so life. that is my life
0: living the dream <laughs> yes.
1: oh it is so much.
0: i love your story and um i love just how everything and I, not just everything in your story but the way that you tell your story you always um it always oh, it just points back to god and his redemption and just his goodness. Um, but I know that walking through that process as with any hard season, it's not always easy to see the goodness of God in the middle and in the waiting. So how did you, Mm -hmm. how did you process those, the feelings that are, sometimes we, we don't want to feel, or we're ashamed of feeling like, did you have any anger? Did you have resentment? Like, Did you feel like, why me? Why why not, you know, why is she getting this and not me? Like, how was that experience? Because I know that, like I said, in in any hard season, but I think especially infertility is so for so many women, it it can become, you know, our ability to bear children is feels like part of our identity. And so when that is Mm -hmm. um kind of stripped away. Or we, we struggle. Um, it, there, I think that there, it can be easy for there to be a lot of um, anger and resentment and things like that. So just did, did, you, did you experience that? How did you process that in a way that honored and glorified God?
1: <laughs> like You know me so well. <laughs> so much anger. And I have like a personality that wants to pursue justice. And I felt like wow. it was unjust for people that didn't deserve it. Or, you know, I had all these reasons why we deserved it mm. and yet they didn't. And, um, that fueled a lot of my angry I anger. I was wow. so angry. You're absolutely right. I did not process it in a way that was glorifying to God. Initially I lashed out. I, um, you know, I wanted to throw things. It was such a hard season. yes. And there was the loss of us not being able to conceive naturally and me being able to conceive, you know, in July so that I didn't have to carry through a hot Mm. Texas summer and all of these ideas that I built up in my mind. Right. And, you know, I'm, my personality is very, yeah. this is a plan yep. and you do not.
0: <laughs> I think so many of us can relate to <laughs> so, that.
1: <laughs> yes. And so just kind of surrendering that yeah. to God and it took a while. And that's actually where I am fruitful stepped in and helped me process. Cause I had never sat in a room of people who were dealing through with the same things I had. I was, I always felt like I was, the biggest Mm -hmm. victim in the room. And therefore I had a right Mm -hmm. to feel this way. Well, now I'm sitting in a room with five couples who are on the same boat and I don't get to like, some of their stories were even harder. And, um, realizing that even this super hard thing that I was walking through, God could work through it and, what was more important was my heart yeah. being turned towards him and me being tender and not me getting what I want. He wasn't a genie where I could just rub a bottle and get what I wanted. If I prayed the right prayers or begged the right way, I was going to get it. No. And I realized that this whole journey was needed to be used as a catalyst to bring mm-hmm. me closer to him. Otherwise it was going to be wow. wasted.
0: Wow that's such a powerful perspective any in any hard you know season where it feels like this shouldn't be happening to me or it's not supposed to be this way to to get to the place where where you are where you just surrender and um feel that like i have this this has to This has to bring glory to God. Otherwise it's wasted. That's so powerful and so pivotal. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's why I love, I'm, I'm so glad that we're having this conversation and I know that it is a hard topic to talk about. It's hard for women who are walking through this season. It's hard for women who are trying to say the right thing and do the right thing for you know their friends and their family who are walking through infertility. So I was going to wait till the end to ask you this, but I I would just love to know what would you say to a somebody who is currently walking this road and b somebody who is in community with somebody who is facing infertility. What would you cuz you're on the other side. It's always going to be a part of your story, but you know you have your miracle mm-hmm. babies and now this is mm-hmm. part of your life and part of your story is you know walking with women so mm-hmm. what would you say to both people in in the middle and walking with somebody who's in the middle
1: <laughs> so many things so fill so, uh, it all i i be- <laughs> i believe that um dealing with anger and frustration and all of that like you're you're dealing mm-hmm. with that daily. And that's an attack that's coming from the enemy daily. And the only way you can combat that is by putting mm-hmm. on the armor of God every single day. And that means sitting in quiet. And if you don't have kids, then you probably have a lot of this quiet time where you can sit with your cup of coffee and read the word and Mm. let it wash over you. A big thing that helped me, um, once I was willing to kind of let go of the anger, like it was a decision I had to let go of that. Um, it became such a shield for me, but I realized that the word of God was going Mm. to be a better shield for me than this anger. And I would read through the Psalms and David would start out like angry and lashing at God. And I was like, feel your bro. And then he would get to the end and he would, his heart would be postured towards God and he would be recounting his faithfulness and his goodness. And I'm like, yeah, I do have things to be grateful for. Like we have an incredible, so many incredible blessings, an incredible husband. And the list goes on and on Um, just posturing my heart towards him. And it allowed me to, um, extend that same grace to other people. And the pregnancy announcements, like they come rolling in and um, I would have friends who were on, you know, announcement three or four by the time, you know, we hadn't Mm -hmm. even had any babies and they were hard to hear. And me in that place, getting a text that was, Hey, just wanted to let you know, I didn't, I I thought it would be hard to tell you in person, um, but we're expecting this is our due date and this is um, how things are going. And I know that it might be hard for you to hear. So I wanted to be um, very sensitive in just sending a text. Those were the best um, ways to hear it. Um, but for people who are on the other side of it, hey, I'm going to be, you know, I'm I have this announcement um, and you're giving it to your friend who's dealt with infertility. It's really easy for it. You know, you have this idea, you're my best friend and I can't wait to tell you, and it's going to be this huge moment and we're going to tell you in person. And it's going to be this family dinner or this um, big thing. Um, if that's the way that you choose to do it, which can be really hard for the person dealing with infertility because they feel Mm. a little blindsided. Um, if there's emotion that comes up, um, don't make it all about you. They're dealing with bigger emotions than they can even fathom. Um, and so just let it, just let it be about that other person. Um, uh, another thing is when you are expecting and things are hard because carrying a baby from what I've heard, there are very hard parts of it. Um, and just talk to your friends who yeah. are pregnant or have been pregnant, not the ones who are unable to be pregnant, um, about how hard it is.
0: That's such good advice.
1: Um, oh, thank you. I think another thing is when I'm with a friend, I'm just I would get so fixated on their baby that was coming and I would just like bombard them with questions. And I wouldn't even know what other questions to ask. And I'm decent at conversing, (laughs) but I would get so fixated. And the other person would just be like, I don't even like, can we talk about something else? Just change the subject. Just be the, I'm, we're going to talk about you and your work Mm -hmm. and your life and your dog and your house and all that. Um, just, just step in and change the subject because sometimes we can't help it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, And I think that, you know, like in any hard season and I can't personally relate to, you know, walking through infertility, but I think in anything, when we feel a lack in our own life, it can be really easy to try and overcompensate that when we see it you know, coming Mm -hmm. to fruition in somebody else's life, like whether it's a season of singleness and our friends are getting married Mm
1: -hmm. or,
0: uh, you know, in a season of infertility and our friends are having babies, it can be easy, like you said, to kind of, um, for the person who is experiencing the thing that your friend is longing for, Mm -hmm. it can be easy to try and like, or I mean, for the person who is not experiencing it yet, it can be easy to like overcompensate to protect yourself. I I feel like I I've been there in different seasons of my life. Like you're getting the Mm thing that I want. So I'm just going to like, I don't want you to know that I am struggling. So I'm just going to like bombard you with all the questions and all the things. And we're going to constantly talk about this so that I don't have to actually sit with my, my emotions, or I don't have to let you in on what I'm actually feeling because I don't want you to feel bad for me. And I don't want like, I don't want this to get weird. Mm -hmm. And so So I love that. Just like change the subject. We don't always have to talk about the baby. We don't always have to talk about the, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, that's so good.
1: Yes. Well, I I know that the enemy is trying to Absolutely. divide relationships and he's working his, his most conniving, Absolutely. subtle ways. He is constantly trying to separate you from your friends, you from mm-hmm. your husband, wherever there's unity, he goes after it. And so just yeah. fight for that unity, even if there's some awkwardness and even if there's some hard conversations that come with it and just be understanding of this is hard for this person, but you know what? It's really hard. I I had a conversation with a friend this morning and she's like, "I hey, feel like I've been keeping a secret from you." <laughs> I'm like, "So that's why we <laughs> haven't talked for a month."
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> like,
1: what? <laughs> like your friendship yeah. is way more important than you withholding, you know, and it was all in jokes mm-hmm. and she's been miserable like with, you yeah. know, pregnancy can be hard. Um but just remember, like the relationship mm-hmm. is more important, yeah.
0: yeah, and i I've noticed, and you kind of touched on this, so I'd love to expand on it. But I have noticed that there is such a divide that can happen if we're not careful um between mm-hmm. you know, the infertility community and um women who are not walking that road women, you know, fertile women mm-hmm. um, and especially on social media and on Instagram, all of that. And, and like you said, the enemy's number one desire is to, to divide us and distract us. And Mm -hmm. because that's the opposite of what God wants for us as, as women, as, you know, the church as a whole, as a body of Christ, you know, his will for us is that we would bear each other's burdens and that we would walk alongside mm-hmm. each other and you know in Colossians it's it says that above all put on love which is the perfect bond of unity so it, so of course the enemy what's mm-hmm. the opposite of that you know
1: yeah
0: no, disunity yeah. and oh, division wants- and mm-hmm. and so I'd love to talk about this for just a second this divide that can happen what can we do to kind of just mend the divide and and you you mentioned the awkwardness, like get over the awkwardness. And because I think mm-hmm. that oftentimes for me, I feel like I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing. You know, I, I want to respect and hold space, but I don't want to sound, you know, I don't want to sound a certain way. And then it's like on the other side, you know, I read these posts that are like, dear fertile women, don't take this for granted. Don't take that for granted blah, you know, fill in the blank. And I, I feel almost attacked. Like I just like you, you know, I, I don't know how to say it in a way that is, I don't know if I'm saying it, I'm even doing it now. I don't know if I'm saying it the right way, but like, I didn't, you didn't ask for the hard things in your life. I didn't ask for my story. Like my story is my story. Your story is your story, you know, and my heart breaks for women who are walking through this. And so I'm like, I'm not taking it for granted, but then those kinds of messages Mm -hmm. and those kinds of posts are kind of adding to the division. I think that they're meaning to Mm -hmm. bring unity and bring awareness, but it's actually what it does is it kind of like, you know, makes the woman on the other side of the post feel a little bit attacked and feel a little bit like, and not, I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to like play the victim card at all. (laughs) at all. But I just, I want to bring this up because it, there's such a divide that can so easily happen because it's such Mm -hmm. a hard thing to navigate for everyone involved.
1: Well, I think you, you did say that with so much clarity and with so much like eloquence, it is Mm -hmm. clumsy and there are weird, awkward parts. And you're just like, you're reading this post and even I read them and I'm like, I never even like experienced pregnancy and Mm. I'm feeling ashamed reading this post. Like, and there, there is a spirit of shame. There's a spirit of victimness and all of that That, And, and almost like I have exclusive rights to Mm. misery and that's not, how we're supposed to live our life. The Bible talks, Jesus talks about, I came to give you an abundant life and the enemy comes to kill, Mm. steal and destroy. So we need to point our fingers at where the problem is. And let me tell you one thing, if he's after unity in our friendships and he's after unity in our relationships, how much more is he after wanting not wanting these godly parents to be raising godly children um to turn this nation back Mm. to him Do you think that we're under attack? Like we've never seen infertility rates are skyrocketing. It's one in four who experience, um, delayed infertility or infertility. And so the enemy is after us. So stop Mm -hmm. being a pawn and stop being like a victim in this. Um, God's plan for our family looked way different than I thought it would. And I thought, infertility for us was a wrench in my entire life and that I could never recover from this. And how could you ever move on from this? You know, Mm -hmm. I just wallowed in all of this, but it was actually the fact that we dealt with infertility is actually the biggest vessel for God's glory in my entire life. And so why do I get to act like that? I'm such a victim when actually God used what the enemy meant for evil and he has abundance for us. And so these posts, they're focusing on what we don't have. And, um, I was reading in second Kings a couple of weeks ago and there um, there was a famine in the land. The King is praying to the prophets. You know, he's wicked. He's praying to the prophets, bring, um, bring rain, bring rain. And so a godly prophet comes in and he says um, this time tomorrow, your dry beds are going to be flooded. It's second Kings three sixteen, 16. And um, so that whole story is talking about, the ditches that we need to dig for the miracle that is coming. And if they didn't have ditches, if they didn't, have, fine. <laughs> if they didn't, if they didn't have those ditches for the rain to come, then it would have washed away all of the Mm topsoil. They would have had nothing to hold the water and it would have been a complete waste. God's miracle would have been a waste. And so we need to dig those ditches in our life. And what does that look like? It might look like investing Mm -hmm. in relationships that would be so much easier to walk away from. Um, You're on your, your second baby. You would rather go on a play date. I'm just going to walk away from this relationship. I don't have time for it. No. Um, And spending that time with the Lord and really cultivating that soft heart. So when the baby comes, when your miracle comes, or when, when the thing happens that you're praying for, whether it's a baby or a husband or the health that you're praying for, when that comes, you're ready for it. Um, you're so right. We're all walking through something. You know, it might be my friend who lost her dad when she was in her early thirties or my other friend who is in her mid thirties, just now getting married. Um, or so many of my friends that are experiencing, um, baby loss and infertility, we're all walking through something hard. And if I act like my thing is bigger and harder than yours, then I miss out on the opportunity to carry Mm -hmm. your burdens. And I'm not letting you carry mine, which is exactly what you're saying. The body of Christ is um, asked to do Yeah, And
0: I think, you know, women, I think this is the hardest thing for us. Friendship relationships, not, you know, getting envious Mm -hmm. of each other. Like it's hard, no matter what season of life we're in. I think it's always hard. It's hard as a teenager. Mm -hmm. It's hard as an adult. It's hard. Like It's just, (laughs) it's always hard. And I think it's because women who are in community with each other, and thriving and supporting each other, I, you know, I'm not like a crazy feminist, but I think that there is nothing more powerful than women who are really, truly linking arms with each other and bearing each other's burdens and mm-hmm. living out, you know, the call to truly be the body of Christ and be mm-hmm. in community with each other. I think that they're, it's so powerful. And so because of that, like we do, there is an enemy of our souls, like we've talked about, who is out to get us and out to destroy us. And because, you know, women have such a pivotal and powerful role in the kingdom, the enemy Mm -hmm. wants to do everything he can to take us out or keep us feeling isolated or keep us distracted or keep us divided. And so I think even just remembering that and being aware that like, this season, this hard season, whether it's infertility, obviously we're focusing on that, and um, that's the focus of this episode, but whether it's infertility or or any hardship any any unexpected season, we have to remember what you talked about earlier of I could waste this or I could let mm-hmm. this set me up I could dig ditches, I could prepare for my miracle, I could believe. I could, you know, I could point people to him as I walk through the grief and the hardship and the messiness of it. I could, I could point people back to him or I could waste it and wallow and Mm -hmm. let the enemy win. And we have a choice and it's, it's up to us, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's so like our mind plays such a huge part in, in all of this and walking through hardship.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with, she's such a dear friend and she became a mama through adoption about a year ago. And, um, we had a hundred conversations before she brought her Mm -hmm. little sweet girl home. And she said, I don't think it's fair that you talk about, you don't talk about how hard infertility is until you've come out the other side and you have your baby, why aren't there more voices talking about how hard it is when you're, you're in the middle Mm. of the messy parts and pointing people to God. And I'm like, who's doing that? (laughs) (laughs) Where are these unicorns? And, (laughs) but the incredible thing is, is that, you know, she stood up and she started talking other people, as we start talking about, we're in the middle of a hard mess, season but we're still pointing other people to God um I think that is mm-hmm. so beautiful we don't need to wait yeah. for a miracle to be here to talk about how yeah. good God is God can be good in the heart yeah, and part. It, it's
0: it kind of goes back to like we can you can bring glory to your circumstances or you can bring glory to God which one which one do you want to do like <gasps> bottom line you know
1: wow that's exactly right, right.
0: it's just I not, to, and I'm, I'm glad that you're here with me because I never want to sound like mm-hmm. tough love guys, just, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's, it's so true that, you know, as we're walking through these hard things, as we're walking through, mm-hmm. you know, in this, in this life, we will face trouble. We will face trial, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Yeah. But we have a choice at the end of the day. Yes.
1: And if you are in the middle of infertility or you're, you're friends with someone who just received a diagnosis, that person should be in counseling. They should be finding a Mm -hmm. healthy way to let that out because there is so much to grieve. It's there's so many layers to it that you don't even realize, like even now there are layers to it. And I'm two kids in, um, to dealing with infertility. But the thing is, is that if you're in counseling, um, the godly seek Mm -hmm. counsel that is in the Bible, go find a counselor that you can process this with. Because what ended up happening is I was a glass, Mm -hmm. a cup full of anger and resentment, and I just sloshed it out on everyone. Um, And it didn't need to be that way. So the counseling is important. And then that daily time with the Lord, we're not minimizing the hardness of what you're going through. But what ends up happening a lot of times is that we get stuck in this mm-hmm. victim trap and we can't get out. And that's what I'm calling all mm-hmm. of us yeah. to get out of that victim trap because we can bring glory to God in the hardest parts yeah. of our
0: life. That's so good. So so good. And um I you mentioned I am fruitful and how that was kind of a pivotal mm-hmm thing for you, a pivotal, um, finding that community and finding that, um, mm-hmm. just those people to kind of, I, that was kind of, I'm sure the turning point of like, oh, I can't really play victim here. <laughs> I just have to face this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. tell, tell us a little bit more about I am fruitful and, and what they do and, and what you're a part of, um, and how they help women who are walking through this, this season. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So I, you know, definitely felt like the victim in the relationship and I didn't realize what a burden my husband was carrying. And so we were so blessed to be able to go to their, um, couples in-person groups. And so we went through that for about um, a year and a half. And the founder Lauren Bourne and her husband Billy Bourne led the groups. And yeah, we would just sit around in a circle and just share our stories. And then they would talk about like the hope mm-hmm. in God. And it just like kind of irritated me because I was like, but <laughs> yeah. my situation, like you don't understand how hopeless this is. But there were people in the room that had you know, in a harder place than we were. And um, my husband found a voice and he was able to process through things and we were able to communicate what we were going through. And I think that's so important. The enemy was really after um, destroying our marriage and bringing um, resentment in there. And it really helped um, since then they have, they don't have an in-person um, group anymore. So sad, but they do have yearly retreats for mm-hmm. women who have experienced loss and who are um, struggling to conceive. So we've seen a lot of people come and find healing those retreats, finding a community of women that have walked through the same thing as they have. Um, a lot of times it's with similar timelines just because of the timing of retreats. And so getting to walk through, um, experiencing rainbow babies after a loss and really finding like a network of people that can hold each other up. So that's been really big. Um, we also have, something called a hope box so when you or a friend who have experienced a miscarriage it's a box with um, a bunch of wonderful things that will help you process I'm not going to name what's specifically in them because we change them and I don't want to um, say something that's not in there but yeah. um, oils and salts and um journaling books or coloring books or what mm-hmm. you know it changes, but just something yeah. to help bring hope and to take a minute and process the grief and the loss. And for some women, maybe they've had two children and then they have a loss, it doesn't get yeah. acknowledged. It just you just kind of zoom through life, and this box helps you take a minute and acknowledge the loss that you had and kind of grieve it. We have a plantable in there and a candle and it's just, it's beautiful. So you can um, look those up. And then we have a community on Facebook for women who have lost. You need to be requested to join, um, to kind of find your, tell your story and find community there. And then we're very active as well on Instagram, where we share a lot of hope, um, and scripture and kind of mini devotionals. We'll get on stories and chat or we'll post. So that's another really good pr- place to go. Um, honestly, whether you're dealing with infertility or not, like I find it. Yeah, I love the
0: Instagram account. It is so encouraging. <laughs> oh, thank you. I I like <laughs> binged through a bunch of posts and um so encouraging in every season and applicable in every season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, love, love the hope boxes because I think. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a friend who is walking through loss or, you know, miscarriage or infertility, things like that, mm-hmm. like we've talked about, it can be hard to know what to do. And, and so something like that, that's kind of the the easy button of, and, and just to say, I see you, I acknowledge you. I don't really know what to say right now, but here, I'm going to send you this box. And, and, and I think it just helps acknowledge I've. I've used boxes like that in the past. I've had friends who have lost Mm -hmm. um, their children um, and, you know, walking Mm -hmm. through the grieving process, I, I felt like, what do I do? What? I can't say anything. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that I can say. There's nothing that I can do. And then stumbling across something like that, the hope boxes or the one that I used, I can't remember what it was Mm -hmm. called, but it was just, I was able to just go in and order it and send it to them. And I know that it meant so much to her. And, and she felt so Mm -hmm. seen and so just acknowledged. Um, and so, yeah, I highly recommend I am fruitful, um, for women who are walking through infertility, loss, miscarriage, um, anything like that. And also I am fruitful is an incredible company to partner with. If you are, um, not walking through that season, but you still want to, support and, you know, be, um, just be supportive. It's an incredible company to partner with. They have, you know, they have shirts that you can buy. They have like just support. I am fruitful in in any and every way because it's an, an incredible company. Absolutely incredible.
1: Well, thank You're you. The, the every woman on the team. There's um, almost twenty of us that work hard to um, just bring a beautiful aesthetic. Um, everyone on there prays for every box and we got together a couple months ago we put together 500 and one of the girls was like well this should take care of things for a while and then the girl who's coordinates is the hope boxes and she's like no this is only going to be a couple months and that it just was kind of solemn for us that we were packed like these were for babies that hadn't even passed yet Mm -hmm. and we were sitting there praying over each box and for these mamas who were May not even be, be pregnant yet, and we're going to be having a loss, and was going to be finding mm. this box in their home. So, everything we do is really based in prayer and hope that there is a redemptive purpose to every single thing that happens. And so, I, yes, I wholly agree with everything you're saying, Jenna. I am fruitful is just an incredible ministry, and it's definitely changed my life. Yeah.
0: I, um, I'm so thankful that you you know, have come and talked with us and just shared, um, so much wisdom and so much, um, just hope, uh, with myself and with everyone listening and also just super practical advice. Um, I, is there anything else that you like, you're like, I have to say this,
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like all of us have these losses and these hard things that we are walking through and mine might be named infertility. Um and God might have this glorious uh, you know, finale, of this biological child for us at some point. And but my my pursuit is always mm-hmm. gonna be him and it's not going to be the gifts that he are is gonna, you know, that I hope that he gives me. Um and just allowing that hope to permeate every part of my life is so pivotal for me to bring glory to him in this season. Um, and you were talking about the friends who've experience loss as well. And it looks mm-hmm. different, like their losses yeah. look different. And we all need to work together as the body of Christ. There's nothing uglier than seeing women um, with jealousy, with anger towards each other. And Like, that's not what we're Mm -hmm. called to be. We're called to be a community that supports each other. Well,
0: I think that's perfect mic drop to end on. (laughs) Stay in pursuit of (laughs) Christ, not his gifts. I love that so much. And I just, above all else, I, you know, I think uh, Amanda and I both agree that throughout this conversation and as you're listening, we hope that, that what you get out of this more than anything is that God has a redemptive plan for each and every one of us. And Mm -hmm. he is so faithful to redeem
1: all -hmm. the broken
0: parts of our lives. And as you're walking through, whether it be infertility, whether it be marriage struggles, whether it be depression, you know, you name it, it, we all have a struggle and it has a name. We also have a savior Mm -hmm. who is fighting for us and um, loves us and wants good things for us more than we want for ourselves. And, um, he is faithful and look to him, look to him in, in everything. Mm -hmm. I, it can sound repetitive and it can sound like a cheesy Christian thing to say, but I, I money back guarantee. If you Mm -hmm. put Christ at the center of, of your struggle and you take it all to him and, you lay it down in, at his feet and you live surrendered. Um your perspective will shift, you know, you will be able to walk mm-hmm. through hardship with truly the joy of the Lord as your strength. Um, and you won't waste the season, bottom line. Mm-hmm. So that's right, Amanda. Thank you so, so much for being on here. Um, I am going to link your information. I am going to link I am fruitful's information in the show notes. Uh, I appreciate you so, so much. And I hope and pray that this conversation um, encouraged somebody else like it encouraged me today. And um, above all else, I pray that you face whatever life brings at you with the joy of the Lord as your strength. I will see you next time. If this episode meant something to you, could you do me a favor real quick? Could you take a minute to screenshot what you're listening to, share it to your Instagram stories and tag me? This helps me stay energized and encouraged and also helps me connect and chat with you, which is my absolute favorite thing to do. Plus, it's a great way for me to know what you are loving and wanting more of. Praying joy unspeakable over you today and always. And in the meantime, I will see you over on Instagram.